don't think about the numbers for the first six months. I mean, just focus on the podcast, focus on putting out a good quality episode every week or whenever, whatever uh, length you want to do. Uh, and don't don't look at the numbers. Don't think about how low they are. Don't think that, you know, four people downloaded my podcast this this week because it is going to go up. And I think I'm a testament to that. I, I my first couple of months, I, I had probably less than a thousand downloads um, for each month. And, you know, some some days I only had three or four downloads. And it's just a matter of waiting for the word to get out, waiting for people to find you, waiting for your reputation to spread. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello, Pod Pals, and welcome back to Podcasting Smarter. Today, I get to chat with Mike Troy, who is the host and producer of the American Revolution podcast, a chronological history of the Revolutionary War. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Well, thanks for having me, Jen. Oh, it's my pleasure. I cannot wait to talk to you about so many things. But first, I need to get your podcasting true confessions <laughs> or confession. You may, you, you may only have one and that's fine. So is there anything you'd like to, to share with the audience and get off your chest? Um, surprisingly, things have been pretty good for me. I've only been podcasting for a little over a year now. Um, I guess the worst thing that, ha and one of the nice things is, is that, uh, I'm a sole podcaster. I don't have a conversation with other people. Um, so I'm constantly staring at my audacity screen to make sure everything's recording properly while I'm talking, all that sort of thing. Uh, the one thing I did do was about five or six weeks into my podcast, I wanted to make sure I got a podcast out every single week, right on time. Uh, ended up having to work over Labor Day weekend and figured no problem. I'll get it uploaded and all that. And of course, I left my MP3 file at home and could not get my podcast out for, you know, about half a week later than I would have liked to. Wow. Well, that that's that's an incredible confession. That's that goes along uh, with inconsistency, which we all know is a podcasting sin. Yeah. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. It sounds like you you are back on track with your regular publishing of your episodes. So I think you've well, learned from your lesson. Well, once I learned that Podbean would allow me to upload the things in advance and then set the date for release, I was much better off. I was trying to upload everything live at the time, and that just didn't work. Oh, that's right. Well, thank you for mentioning a Podbean feature. That is very generous of you. We do have a scheduling feature with Podbean. So you can, if you're one of these very um, together podcasters that batch uploads episodes, you can schedule them out um, on a schedule that works for you so you don't have to publish them immediately. So that's nice and convenient. So cool. So you even learned a new feature of Podbean. So that's that's great. Um, yep. I wanted to, since you mentioned that you were a, a solo podcaster, 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you how weird it is for you, or was it weird for you to just talk into a microphone without having somebody else on the other end to talk back at you? Yeah, it was a little strange at first. You, you have to imagine somebody else that, that you're just talking to, uh, having a conversation, trying to explain to them about the American Revolution in my case. Um, but I, I think I've gotten used to it. Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm asking because there was one time with Podcasting Smarter that a guest had to cancel at the last minute. And I thought, well, I'm, I was really on... Uh, I was really under the pressure to get one out, to get an episode out. And I thought about just, you know, doing a solo episode and talking into the mic and just talking about some, maybe some Podbean updates and things like that, podcasting news. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. It felt so strange. So I um, I called up Vernon, who's on the Podbean team. And sure. that's sort of what started our uh, Spill the Podbeans episode is that I could talk to him and talk about the same things I was going to talk about by myself, but it seemed a lot less strange. <laughs> well, I guess one thing that helps me too is my, my podcast is scripted. I write it all out in advance. So I, I'm not looking for cues as I'm going along as to what I'm going to talk about next. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to get to that, but let me first find out why you started the American Revolution podcast. Uh, sure. Well, I guess Podcasting was almost incidental to this whole thing. I, I was, I've always been a historian. I just love reading about history, talking about history. Um, have two teenage sons who would rather stick a nail in their eyeball than talk about history. They just couldn't stand it. You know, they just they think no. Uh, so I really wanted an outlet to talk about history and and specifically American history. And I found myself really drawn to the American Revolution. And I originally started it as a blog. I wanted to just write an article every week. And uh, I started, I had been listening to several other podcasts. Like I've heard a lot of your, your, the people you've spoken with say, I was not really impressed with my voice or my speaking ability. So I really didn't think podcasting was for me. But the more I thought about it, I thought, well, what the heck? Give it a try. If you know, 20 people listen to it, so be it. That's that's what I get. Um, I also thought it would be a good way to help me with my speech. I, I have a tendency to say um or you know every other word when I'm talking to someone. I, I get very nervous. And having the podcast, I thought, would help me to learn to speak properly and clearly and make my point without a lot of stuttering. So I I had all these blog posts that I'd written and I said, all right, I will convert them into a podcast and off we go. Yeah, I was listening to your podcast and I was impressed with, I could tell that it was scripted, but not in such a way that it was distracting, I guess, is the the right way to say that. Yeah. So it was it was very pleasant to listen to and your pacing was so good and you never seem to mess up. Now, I know you might and you can always edit that out, but are you are you able to read your script straight through without having to stop and restart? 
No, I do stop a great deal. And I, as I said, I read my script straight into Audacity. And when I flub a word or something like that, I can just immediately stop, go back right away and, and record it again. And did you have to teach yourself Audacity? Yes, I, I had used it for a couple of other little things years ago, but I really did not know much about it. And I'm still learning some of the features on it um, as we go along. Okay, so now that you've had the scripted podcast for a while, I believe you're in your 60, like 61, 62 episodes now? Yeah, just finished so right. first. Okay. So I'm wondering, do you have a craving to do a non-scripted history podcast? Well, I figured I'd try it out by coming on Podcasting Smarter and see if I could do it on the fly. You're doing great. Yeah, you you definitely have the skills to do this. Well, I was just thinking back to what you said about this podcast being sort of incidental to your background as a historian and you sort of looking to it as an outlet to talk about history since your your sons don't want to talk about history. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you still crave that dis the discussion aspect of history. Um and are you getting enough of an outlet from it since you're not going, you know, having a back and forth with a co-host or a guest? Uh, yeah, it's actually brought me into a lot more conversations because I get a lot more involved on Twitter and Facebook, talking to other people who are interested in history and historians, something I probably wouldn't have done if I wasn't out there trying to promote my podcast. Um, I've also joined a couple of American Revolutionary War groups in, in my area, which I probably, again, wouldn't have done if I hadn't started the podcast. So this really, I think, has gotten me out of my shell a little bit. I, I tend to be an introvert, so I like to sit in a room quietly by myself for hours on end. Um, and I think the podcast has given me a chance to get out into the world a little bit more. I totally understand that. I am a complete introvert. I always say I love to be alone. <laughs> I'm not a loner, but I love to be alone. Uh, I'm not lonely, but I love to be alone. Right. So I completely get that. And I think I was drawn to podcasting years ago because I felt like I could talk, but I didn't have to necessarily uh, look a lot of people in the eye. I, I was never drawn to public speaking or anything like that. But at some point, you feel like you have something to say or or you want to talk about something. And so podcasting was sort of an introvert's vehicle to media, I thought. So I'm I'm totally right there with you. And that's interesting what you said about finding communities, you know, in other places on on social media. So were you already on, like really well versed in social media or was that like a skill set that came along with the podcast? It was more of a skill set that came with the podcast. I, I had a Facebook account for years, like like we all have, I guess, and, and mostly just hanging out with friends and family. Um, did not really have a Twitter account. Did, yeah, so, yeah, I really had to learn uh, on the job, as, as they say, I guess, um, how to use social media, how to really connect with the people who shared my interests, that sort of thing. And what do your sons think of it now do they listen or do they think it's cool that you do this uh no they don't they think i'm an incredible nerd for doing it they call me the history really? nerd yeah um <laughs> but you know it's funny um it, it's actually funny though my wife has come around she thought this was incredibly nerdy as well 
but she's actually started to listen to it now and she's she's really getting into it. Oh, that well that must make you feel really good. Well, that's good, yeah. Does she want to have her own podcast by any chance? She's actually talked about it, yeah. It's a you know podcasting is contagious. I I swear because if you if you have one in the house, then whoever's in that somebody else in the house is bound to start one because I've I've talked to so many podcasters who started and then their kids start a podcast or their sister or their brother or their husband their wife. So um, what well what will, will her podcast be about? Does she know? Well, in uh, for her day job, she's a database architect and. Uh, she wants to put together a podcast on on how to design a database and and the intricacies of of, of working with databases and i think she's using it more as a or if she does it she'll use it as a, a way of um you know getting people interested in hiring her as a consultant wow the topic sounds incredibly boring, yeah. but it also sounds very smart for her career. <laughs> it's one of those things that will only appeal to a very small number of people, but those people are the people that she's very interested in targeting because exactly. her profession. Yeah, su super smart. All right. So does anyone help you with your podcast at all? Are you a one-man team? Yeah, I'm a one-man show. I do it all. Oh my gosh. So you don't hire anything out every, yeah. Cause you, you do the editing yourself. You've already mentioned that you do the publishing yourself. You write your own scripts. Do you need help or are you, or do you enjoy doing everything yourself? Um, at the moment I kind of like being in control of everything. Uh, one of the things I did do before I start, before I published my first podcast, I actually wrote about a hundred episodes so I have a good two years of content. I don't have to do a lot of research and writing uh, these first couple of years. Uh, I'm just doing the production and editing and advertising sort of thing. Um, at some point, I'm going to get caught up with myself, and I, I'm not sure I'm going to have enough time to publish one every single week unless I get some help. Did you just say you wrote 100 episodes before you started? I did. That's what I thought. My jaw literally hit the desk. I was like, what? How long does that even take? That took me about a year. Um, I, when I when I decided to do the podcast, I said, all right, I'm not going to do this halfway. I'm going to really make sure it's going to work properly. And so I, I wanted to make sure, first of all, that I could really write on a regular basis, that I could, you know, make everything a consistent, you know, th I try to do about a 3,000 word episode. Um, that I could write consistently and make the right sized episodes and all that stuff. So I, I just started writing and just, you know, see what I could do. And I figured I'd take a year. And during that year, what I actually did, I, I actually have a, um, I, ha I have another secret podcast. Um, what? I, I, uh, before I started the American revolution, uh, podcast, I had a, a blog called Unlearned History. And this was just random um, articles about history, did not, not necessarily American history, even just all sorts of different things that just came into my head and interested me. So I had about, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 episodes in this blog. And so what I did was I recorded every single one of those blog articles as a podcast just to learn how podcasting worked, how to talk, how the micro picking the right microphone, um, how Audacity worked, all that good stuff. So I, I basically had 20 practice sessions 
um, recording all these things. And I never even put it on iTunes. It is on the web. You can you can look it up and, and listen to it. But it, I, I never advertised it to anyone. I never publicized it anywhere. Um, I just kind of stuck it on a website. And mostly, I'm, I think I'm the only person who ever really listens to it. Um, but that was kind of my practice podcast before I got into the American Revolution. That was the best podcasting confession ever. You had a secret podcast that just lives in this very small world yeah. <laughs> that you cut your teeth on, you made your mistakes on. I, <laughs> you are full of surprises, Mike Troy, very full of surprises. I'm wondering what other secrets will be revealed by the end of this show. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I, I, as, when I spent the year doing that, recording those episodes, the, the main focus of what I was doing at that time was was researching and and writing these these other episodes. And so I figured, you know, I'd build up this huge number of, of episodes before I got started. And that gave me time to to learn my craft. And then I was ready to go. Well, I'm still very fascinated by the fact that you spent a year to write these episodes because it's not just a free form, you know, creative writing. There's a lot of research. I was looking at your blog at all of the sources that you um, that you list for your podcast, and it's pretty extensive. So it's obvious that you you obviously have built in knowledge as a historian, but you've also complement that with a lot of research. So I guess what I want to know is how do you find time for everything? Because you have a family, kids, and a wife. You probably have a pet too. I'm not sure, but and you have a. Yeah, and you have that, and you have a job, and now so okay. I'm guessing you don't watch TV. Uh, a lot less than I used to. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. And you, do you get eight hours of sleep a night, or are you one of these people that are okay with like five or six? <laughs> um, yeah, I get about seven hours. But what I usually do is I get up around four a.m. and I work <gasps> till about um, six thirty, just doing blog stuff, and then I go off to work. And then I come home in the evening and do some more work then on the board. 4 a.m. is a brutal hour. And that's that's by choice. It's not. Or do you get up naturally that early? I pretty much naturally get up that early. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you are a great example to a lot of podcasters who are trying to balance their their work and home life with getting their podcast out on a predictable basis. So the time is there if you get up at 4am, I guess, because what are you competing with? Just just sleep. Well, that, <laughs> that's, it. That, that's why it works. It's a, it's a quiet time. I know no one's going to be bugging me for stuff. I know work's not going to be bothering me yet. I know my family's still sleeping. So it's my time. Yeah, it's your time 4am time. Oh, it's brutal. Okay, so you have a lot of downloads, very impressive download numbers. Let's see. Um, you have them on your page, so I feel like I can I can say this. Yeah. So seventy four thousand four hundred and fifty five downloads, apparently, yep. which a lot of podcasters are just so jealous of you right now. Uh, how did you get there? How are you promoting your podcast? How are people finding it? Give us your secret sauce. Um, it's really been slow and steady. Uh, it's. Uh... I don't do any paid advertising. Uh, I don't, uh, a lot of it is really just getting it out by word of mouth um, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, hoping people find me really. Has anybody argued with your, your history, your 
facts? That was actually one of my biggest fears when I started the podcast was, are people just going to think this is stupid or I'm going to be wrong or whatever? I have been amazed how kind the internet has been to me. I mean, that's not something you expect, right? Um, no, you usually hear the opposite. Right. You usually hear, you know, this is boring. How can somebody drone on for hours about this, you know, history stuff, whatever. People have been really, really um, supportive of the whole thing. I've, I, I have, you know, I've had the odd person who'll say, usually pretty politely, oh, you may want to double check your facts on this. You may want to reread this book. It gives a really different perspective on it, things like that. That sort of thing I love. Once in a while, you get the guy who, you know, thinks he's a know-it-all about history and wants to tell you why you're all wrong because he read this comic book once that said something different. Um, and, you know, you just say, well, okay, we'll agree to disagree. And you kind of move on with people like that. I love it. I love it. Um, so in terms of monetizing your podcast, I noticed that <laughs> I believe you had a, a Patreon um program no, I don't. or you were yeah how is that going no i don't have any patreon i i have been thinking about it but i i don't i haven't really done much i told myself for the first year i was not going to do any kind of monetization i wanted to oh. get out there and really build an audience to see you know people really really focus on that so i've really only started to look at monetization um it was a PayPal. It was a PayPal donation link. Well, That's what I, I saw, I, right? I did put a PayPal donation link. I've I've so far got zero dollars from that, so um, that hasn't been too successful. Uh, <laughs> I, I I recently signed up as an Amazon associate. Um, so all those little links at the bottom of my blog that tell you all the books that I've I've read. If you click on the on the newer books, they go to Amazon, and you can buy the books. And if you do, Amazon gives me a commission. Um, on the purchase. Um, again, not too successful yet. I think I've made about 36 cents on that whole enterprise so far. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't quit that. your day job yet. Yeah. <laughs> wait to see if that takes off. Um, and I've also just very recently uh, started using Podbean's PodAd system. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not sure that I've actually ever heard an ad, but I do have several people that say they're they are running or going to be running soon on my podcast. So we'll see how that goes. Ah, okay. Yeah. It, I guess a lot of them are geo-targeted now. So, cause we're able to do that. So if you don't hear it in an episode, it may be in somebody's episode based on where they're located, where their IP address is. Mm -hmm. So that may be why some people may even hear different ads when those start coming through. So technology is letting us do so many cool things these days. It's, yeah. it's really nice. Okay, well, good. Well, I'd like to see how that uh, uh, pans out over time. That'll be interesting to see if it's worthwhile. Um, well, what keeps you motivated to produce your show every week? I guess it's really that I wanted to tell a story, and I enjoy telling the story, and people seem interested in listening to it. So that that's really what I'm looking for. Well, that's enough. That is enough. And what podcast do you listen to? Um, the one that really got me excited about podcasting was, uh, Mike Duncan, who did the history of Rome and, uh, now has a podcast called revolutions, um, which covers all different revolutions around the world. Um, 
really love his style, really love the content. Uh, I probably pretty much stole all of that, all of the way my podcast works from him as, in terms of the way it works and the, the, the format and that sort of thing. Um, so I've really enjoyed his stuff. He did a, he actually did a, a short episode on the American Revolution, which um, I was disappointed with only in that it was about 10 episodes. So it really didn't get into a whole lot of detail. And so I thought, all right, well, if he's not going to do it, I am. Yeah, that's what's nice about focusing on the American Revolution in a single podcast, because you can go as deep with it as you as you want and as detailed as you want. So do you know how many total episodes there will be? Or is it something where you kind of feel like it's sort of bottomless? Well, no, I'm going in chronological order. So at some point, I am going to reach the end. Uh, I'm guessing if I really stay on the pace I am now, it'll probably be about 300 episodes altogether, which would take me about six years at one a week. Oh, my gosh. Is that weird for you to think ahead to six years from now? Yeah, well, I've also kind of thought about that, too. I want to get to the point where we ratify the Constitution as my ending point. But I've also thought, you know, if I really love this and I really have an audience and I'm, I'm not completely burned out by then, I, I could just keep going. I could, you know, go into George Washington's first presidential administration and and just keep pushing forward through the early history of the United States. Are there any plans or potential for this to be an educational tool in the either college level or high school level curriculum? Have you ever thought along those lines? Uh, probably not. Uh, one of the things I really um, hated about high school history and, and to a lesser extent college is that they just don't get into the level of detail that we get into. Uh, they want to cover a few main points and talk about an overarching theory for the war and the period and things like that. What I'm doing more is telling fun and interesting stories, uh, you know, the kind of things you might watch on the History Channel or something like that. It's a, it's, it, it tries to explain a battle or an event or, or whatever we're talking about that week, uh, just kind of in an interesting conversational way without getting into a whole lot of the academic baggage that a lot of classes would cover. Yeah, I hear you. I guess maybe the homeschoolers, maybe <laughs> maybe there's hope there. <laughs> if they have a little maybe they have a little looser uh demand on their curriculum or they might be able to take a deeper dive with you. Well, I mean, I can certainly um, see people being interested in you know, if you're learning about say Bunker Hill, you want to listen to the two or three episodes that cover the period around Bunker Hill, that might be of some use to people, things like that, but yeah. yeah. Do you have a guilty pleasure podcast? <sighs> no, not really. I, I, most of what I listen to is is um, history podcasts and um, and your podcast. Well, that's a guilty guilty. Possibly not such a pleasure, but <laughs> no. I, I well, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, I think I think everyone should have a guilty pleasure podcast. So that's your homework after we. We get off this call. <laughs> I'll think about that. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to think about that. Um, all right. So I always ask people if they have a five year plan for their podcast, but it, you, I think you do. I mean, just in, based on the fact that you have, you already know that you have six more years of content, and you're sort of taking this uh, one step at a time. It doesn't seem like you're 
you're not one of those podcasters that's like, I don't get the impression you're checking your downloads every five minutes or um, super um, worried about uh, monetizing or anything like that, that you're just sort of enjoying the, the ride, so to speak. Yeah, I'm not, not overly worried about monetization. Uh, I do at times really start checking my numbers, especially when we're having a really good month. You know, it's am I going to beat last month, you know, how, by how much and that sort of thing. So I do watch it, watch my numbers more than I should probably. Well, I think we're all guilty of that. All right. So I know you're a historian, but do you have any predictions for the future of podcasting? Huh. Well, the biggest frustration that everybody seems to have with podcasting now is how do I wade through all the junk to find what I want? Um, people seem to be, you know, at least I do and my wife does we may listen to 20 or 30 podcasts before we find one that we really like. And what will probably happen at some point is we're going to see networks that kind of guarantee or, or at least promote that they have a better quality than the average podcast. And we're going to see more people moving toward those networks that they like and, and finding podcasts that way. Excellent. I like that prediction. I, I do think we need that as well. We need some some curation of all of these uh, these podcasts to, to help us find what we want to listen to. Totally agree with that. All right. If you could give a podcaster, a brand new podcaster, just starting out one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, I guess I'm all about preparation. You've got to really be prepared and really be ready to hit the ground running with a whole lot of work already done. Um, and one of the things I read when I was just getting started, which I think really um, stuck with me, was don't think about the numbers for the first six months. I mean, just focus on the podcast, focus on putting out a good quality episode every week or when every whatever uh, length you want to do, uh, and don't don't look at the numbers. Don't think about how low they are. Don't think that you know four people downloaded my podcast this this week because it is going to go up. And I think I'm a testament to that. I, I my first couple of months, I I had probably less than a thousand downloads um, for each month, and you know some some days I only had three or four downloads, and it's just a matter of waiting for the word to get out, waiting for people to find you, waiting for your reputation to spread. Very good. Excellent advice. I agree. Well, you've listened to this podcast, so my secret questions might not be so secret, <laughs> but are you ready for the bonus questions? Sure. All right. If there was a podcast about your life, Mike Troy, what would it be called? Yeah, I did think about this a little bit. I guess something like keep plugging. Uh, I, I've uh, I've tried so many little different things in life, uh, both with jobs and with hobbies. And, you know, you try them for a few years and they kind of pitter out and you try something else and it pitters out. But you got to keep finding the next thing, keep finding what you want to do next. Keep plugging. I like it. 
All right, well, this next question should be easy for you. Um, if you, this is your fantasy podcaster, so if you could choose anyone, living or dead, to have a podcast, who would it be? Yeah, this one was a tough one for me, too. Uh, I, I, obviously, my mind goes to American Revolutionary War characters. Um, like, you know, you think about somebody like George Washington who would never like to speak publicly or do anything in public, or Thomas Jefferson, who also hated to speak. He only liked to write things down. So people like that are kind of out. And somebody like Ben Franklin, I think, would be more interested in playing around with the microphone and the equipment than actually talking in the podcast. <laughs> So I'd probably go with somebody like Thomas Paine, who was an amazing speaker and loved to uh, um, get into debates with other people and stuff like that. I like it. All right. Well, that those things will be in our show notes, along with a Wikipedia link to Thomas Paine, for those that are interested. I will also have links to your show. And uh, where can people find you on the Internet and social media? Uh yeah, I have a, there's an American Revolution podcast group on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm at AMREV podcast. Uh, of course, the, the podcast itself is on iTunes and, of course, Podbean and Stitcher and about a million other places. Um, so, oh, and I, I also have the blog that goes along with my podcast, which is basically a full written episode of every single uh, podcast episode that I've recorded. Well, I suggest everyone listen because if you were anything like me in high school and just history is not my favorite subject and I could kick myself now as an older adult looking back because it is so interesting, but you know, sometimes teachers don't really do a good job of getting you interested. And so I feel like I'm playing catch up with with history because I sort of didn't pay enough attention when I should have. So this is such an educational yet entertaining podcast. And you could listen to a lot of drivel out there, but this will actually make you a, a smarter human being. So or at least a well informed human being. So I definitely recommend the podcast. Mike, I've had such a great time talking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your podcasting experiences with us. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, anytime. So when you um, definitely come back on again, like when you we get to some other significant milestones so we can see how things are going, particularly with your your monetization. I want to see how things progress there. So let's check check back in, maybe at episode 100 or something like that. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you uh, again. And we will be listening to the American Revolution podcast. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting!